Thank you for listening to the Servants of Christ Jesus podcast. Today's talk by Brother Thomas Gonzaga comes from a confirmation retreat for St. Anthony of Padua in the Woodlands, Texas. To support the Servants of Christ Jesus, please visit scjesus.org. It's so good to be back in Texas. Uh, Father Paul, Father James, and myself, we're all from Texas. And now we live in Denver, and there's just there's no place like Texas. Am I right? Am I right? I mean, I was driving here in the Hardy Toll Road, and I saw Waterburger. I'm like, oh, Waterburger. <laughs> then I was driving still further on I-45, and I saw H-E-B, and I'm like, oh, H-E-B. They probably don't even understand how cool H-E-B is until you leave Texas, and then there's no H-E-B, right? There's no homemade tortillas there. Once, once you leave high school and you go out of state and you come back, you'll really start to understand. Um, but so I am just, first of all, stoked to be here with you. Um, God has so much planned for you. I already feel the Holy Spirit telling me how good this weekend's going to be. You have no idea. Like uh, Mark said, my name is Brother Thomas. I'm going to throw up the first picture. This is my community in Denver. We're called the Servants of Christ Jesus. That's us. Um, so in the middle, it's Father Paul and Father John. They're the co-founders of our community. Father Paul's with us this weekend. Then to the uh, left of Father John is Father James. He's also here for the first time. Give it up for Father James. Is he in here? There he is. Stand up, because you didn't get introduced last time. So here's Father James. Say hi, Father James. There's Father James. Uh, there's me on the far side. This is Brother Peter. He's an Aggie. Gig him. And then on the far right is Brother Andrew Brebuff. He's our newest member. He's a graduate of The Ohio State University. Um, I love my religious community. If you go out to, de- if you go out to eat a meal with Father Paul, um, he will just get free stuff all the time. It's really cool. And if you're like me, my first summer I went to Honduras with Father James, and he almost killed me on my birthday. So that's a fun story. I have to tell you about that. Um, there's just so many, there's so many perks of being a religious community. Um, one of which is also the amazing stairs you get wherever you go, especially the airport. Okay? Here, this, this is how it works, I think, in my head, okay? If there's one of you, everyone's just kind of like, what? Is that a dress? Like, <laughs> what, what is he doing, right? Brother Peter told me one time he was going through security and it was just him, and this woman was just staring at him like, and the TSA agent is like, ma'am, 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 but she's just like, staring at Brother Peter. He, she, she's never seen someone dressed like this. Just so you know, this is not a dress. It's called a cassock. Repeat after me. Cassock. Cassock. Yes, not a dress. Okay. But if there's two of you in the airport, if there's two of you, a servant, another servant, they're like, okay, that's weird, but there's two of them, so they must be doing something, you know, like, they must not just be dressing up. But we get that all the time. It's like, are you, are you dressing up for Halloween? And we're like, it's it's, it's February, okay? No, it's not Halloween. It's not a costume. Okay, if there's three of you, then they're starting to be like, okay, something's definitely wrong, you know, because there's three walking down, and they're like, is, is something going on here? But if there's four, if there are four or five or six servants of Christ Jesus, then everyone wants to join us. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to follow these people. Like, they have something cool to say. I don't think that's really what they're thinking, but that's what's going through my mind when everyone's staring at us, okay? So anyway, religious life, it's awesome. Uh, next picture, please. This was uh, Father James, Brother Peter, and I. We went to the Holy Land this summer. It was absolutely incredible. This was the Sea of Galilee, where Peter 
walked on water. Okay, I went swimming in the Sea of Galilee at like 9 p.m. I started like hitting the top of the water. I'm like, he walked on this. Like he walked on this, the Sea of Galilee. So if you want to go travel places into a religious community, and then when you get there, like we met this other parish and they're from America and they're like, oh, we're going to the same place you're going tomorrow. You want to just hop in our van and we'll take you there for free? And we're like, yes, yes, please, right? They, let us, they just let us join their group. So it's awesome. If you ever want to go travel the world, join a religious community. But I give you a fair warning that religious life is hard too. Okay, and, and like Mark said, I'm from St. Anthony of Padua. So 10 years ago, 10 years ago, I was on my confirmation retreat. 10 years ago, I was sitting where you were sitting. And if you had told me that in 10 years I would be on the stage, I would have just, I don't know what I would have done. I probably would have laughed at you and said, that's not, not going to happen. That's not going to happen. And when I was in your shoes, when I was in high school, I didn't even know really what my faith was. I had grown up Catholic. And I think people thought that I was probably happy on the outside. Oh, he looks like a happy guy. He's a nice guy. On the inside, there was just like this, this emptiness and, and questioning of like, you know, why should I, why should I live? You know, like, what's, what's my purpose? Um, and God met me 10 years ago at this retreat. He revealed himself to me. And for the first time, I had hope. I had something to live for. And I had, I had a new joy. And we're going to be talking about the virtue of hope a little bit this weekend. The theme for the retreat that is for you for 2020 is Romans 5.5. 5. Hope does not disappoint us. For the love of God has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And I think Christian hope is something quite interesting. We don't, we don't think about it a lot. But we use this word all the time, hope. Well, I hope that I, you know, get a good grade on my test. I hope that Sally Sue's in my class, who I've had a crush on since second grade, right? I hope that there's going to be somehow Whataburger catered to this retreat. I don't know. We use hope all the time. But here's the thing. Worldly hope is so much different than what we have. Because the world says here, hope in something. And what we know as followers of Christ is, I'm going to hope in someone. The world says hope in all these things, but that won't work. You have to hope in someone. God has such a purpose for your life because each one of your life are unique and unrepeatable. Your life has so much value. And so I was talking to God in prayer earlier this week, and I was like, God, why do you want this group of people to be in this retreat right now? Like, no other year, just 2020, why do you want these teens to be on this confirmation retreat? And you know what he told me? I like to talk to him. He told me, I want them there because, because I love them. And because I want their good. I want their happiness. I want them to flourish. Can you believe that? No, really, do you believe that? Do you think that God wants your happiness? Because from the moment of your conception, God wants your happiness. From the time that mommy and daddy love each other so much that you come out, God wants your happiness. This 
is written on the heart of every human being. All of our decisions, all of the actions that we make, if you can ask yourself this question, like, why do I do the things I want to do? We do them because we want to be happy. Even the pagan, non-Christian, Greek philosopher Aristotle shows that to us. He says that. We do everything for the sake of happiness. When you think about it, why am I here? Well, because I want to obey the law or I'm at school so I can get a job, so I can have a family, so I can provide for them, so on and so forth. Ultimately, it's because I want to be happy. God has written into your heart a desire for happiness that the Creator Himself gave to you. Therefore, He definitely wants your happiness. And He's brought you here this weekend in order to teach you more about that. Right? Because even though we want to be happy, we frequently try and find happiness in things that don't really make us happy. Right? Here's what I mean. So, if I just had all the money in the world then I'd be happy. If I just had money, then I could buy what I want. Could be like Mark and get all those random things, right? If I just had money, then I'd be happy. But no, money can't be the source of our happiness. Why not? Because the moment that I have one thing, I want something else. And once I get a job for $15 an hour, then I want a job for $20 an hour. And money is always for the sake of something else. I get money so that I can buy something else. And that thing might make me happy. Right? So money can't be what makes us happy. Maybe we think it's in popularity or honor. If I'm popular, then I'll be happy. I'll go to school. It'll be great. No one will make fun of me. I'll have all these friends. But popularity can't be, can't be what makes me happy either. Why not? Because popularity and honor, it quickly goes away, okay? The quarterback at LSU was very popular until Joe Burrow came, right? And then he replaced him. Popularity can quickly go away like in an instant. And you can go from being popular to not popular, and then you're not happy anymore. It's too flaky. All right, what else do we think? Maybe, maybe happiness is in power. If I just have power, then I can make people do what I want, my way, this is good, right? I love my freedom. You see this even in like Lord of the Rings? Like what does the ring symbolize? Multiple things, yes. But like a, a hunger for power, right? A drive for power that if I just get this ring, then, then I will be happy. But happiness can't be in power either. Why not? Because again, when I'm having power, it's for the sake of something else. And there's a lot of evil people who have power and they're not happy because they're doing evil. You have to be good. So if I just get all this power, then it's, all, it's always for something else. Maybe one more thing. Maybe pleasure. Maybe happiness is in pleasure. You know, the more food I have, the more drink I have. Don't get me wrong. I love dark chocolate, okay? The more dark chocolate, the better. But happiness can't be found in pleasure either. Why not? For two reasons. One, bodily pleasure just for that, the body. And we actually have something deeper within us called a soul. So I can know another person. I can learn something new. I can love. And that goes so much deeper than pleasure, right? Would you rather go on a date with a girl 
or sit there and eat pizza in your room, even if it's a whole pizza. Well, well, that's okay. One day you'll realize that actually loving someone means a lot more than just pizza. Okay, the second reason why it can't be in pleasure is because it's temporary, right? As soon as the pizza goes away, then I just want more pizza. I just want more pizza. But if I keep eating pizza, if I keep eating chocolate, then I'm going to throw up and then I'm really not going to be happy. So what does this show us? It shows us that we have this ache, this desire for happiness, a longing that God himself has put within our hearts for happiness. And it can't be found in these worldly things. So there's two options. Either for the rest of my life, I will hopelessly spin and toil to make myself happy, and there's no remedy for it. Or the second option is that the same one who put that desire within me also has the answer for it and can satisfy that longing of my heart to be known and to be loved. And brothers and sisters, I would propose to you tonight that the answer to that question, what's going to make me happy, is in knowing and loving a person. That to be happy consists in knowing and loving a person who knows everything about you who knows whether you had a great day at school or a terrible day, who knows whether you're really ecstatic to be with your family or your family life is really hard, who can see into your heart and who chooses you for who you are, not for what you can do, not because you can perform, not because you can get good grades, not because you look a certain way, but for who you are. To know and to love that person namely Jesus Christ, is where your happiness can be satisfied and found. Jesus Christ loved to make invitations, and I think we as human beings respond to invitations quite well. Okay, Brother Peter, he's on the basketball team at the seminary. We're both at seminary together. And Brother Peter is on the basketball team for the first time, and he got, to, he got invited to a suite at the Denver Nuggets game. And Brother Peter gets in the car, we're on the way home, and he's like, guess what? Actually, we weren't in the car, we were still walking uh, in the middle of the day. And he's like, guess what? The basketball team gets to go to the Nuggets game in a suite. And I was like, that's awesome, brother. And inside I was like, you've gotta be kidding me. I am so jealous right now. I wanna go to the suite! But I was like, that's really awesome, brother. You know. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. And I was like trying to like, please, please be happy for him, you know. But there was something in me that I, I want to be invited, right? Because it's a limited thing. There's only 12 of them that get to go. Now, don't get me wrong. I've had my fair share of invitations. When I was in high school, my uncle worked at the University of Alabama. And so he invited me to come onto the field of the 50-yard line at the Alabama Crimson Tide Stadium, Bryant-Denny Stadium, versus LSU. I got to go into the Alabama locker room, take pictures. It was incredible. It was such an awesome invitation. Another time after high school, someone invited me to go to Europe for a month for free. Okay, I was like, this is awesome. This was so cool. It was like an invitation I couldn't help but want to respond to. Okay, and Jesus, when he first gets onto the scene, he makes an invitation Peter 
and Andrew are standing there with John the Baptist, their teacher. They are waiting and longing for a Messiah. And John the Baptist points out and says, Behold the Lamb of God, the one that they've been waiting for. So Peter and Andrew start to follow him. The two disciples heard John say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What do you seek? Now, whenever I try and pray with this passage, it's kind of interesting, you know, what happens, because Jesus asks a question, what do you seek? And they say to him, where are you staying? <laughs> right? Okay, what if, what if, like, you were just following me, and I turned around and I said, what are you looking for? And you told me, where are you staying? <laughs> okay, the apostles, I don't know what, what they're always thinking. But Jesus is like, what do you seek? And they say, where are you staying? And Jesus says to them, come and see. Come and see. Let me invite you to come and stay with me and see what my life is all about, Jesus says to them. This weekend, God has brought you here for a specific purpose because he has a future full of hope for you. Jesus himself is inviting you to come and see. And so I throw the invitation to you to come and see what Jesus has planned. It's up to you whether you respond or not, whether you desire, whether you choose to see, yeah, okay, I got 36 hours here. I've tried the things of the world. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll give this thing a shot. See if God really does have something for me with regards to happiness. God invites you. I invite you. Come and see. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, you created all things good. You created all of us good. And you created this weekend good and this night good. We thank you for your goodness, which overflows. We ask that you would open our hearts to receive your invitation to come and see what you have planned for us. Just give us open hearts, Lord that we may know you and love you more. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.